a second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 126. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage, an undisclosed location known to nobody but myself and Ron. From the vast misty hills, rolling tides, lakes, streams, forests, rivers, wildlife, and vast, 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 beautiful, beautiful sights to see. Tonight... In studio, we talk about the most important things you've ever heard about in your entire life. So listen up and shut up. But before we get to all that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the man who started the Hitler Youth sect in a Ukrainian refugee camp. (laughs) Some know him as the Wizard of Misery. But his friends and family know him best. As the lumpy plumber from the ninth ring of hell. Ron, what's going on? You know, I am a firm believer. In Nazi youth, Hitler youth. That young kids need proper guidance. Well, they need routine. They also need some sort of uniform to put on uh, so they feel included. Uh, and they also need to be around other like-minded individuals that if, are being pushed to their maximum potential. Wouldn't you say? And if they're not like-minded, we help them with that. Yes, <laughs> yes. We sit them down in front of a screen. We strap them to a chair, keep their eyelids open, and just play like really grotesque brainwashing uh, film and, and pictures and like gross, disturbing pictures like like of a centipede crawling out of a skull. Uh, you know, clockwork orange, basically that kind of shit. You want to know something in all honesty, like when I was a kid, scouts was a big thing, right? Did you get diddled? No. And, and, <laughs> and, and let's not even get into that whole thing with the scouts. Just Why yet. not? <laughs> Be, well, because we know that happens and I'm actually, I was been researching it so that we can talk. Did they teach you a lot about of skills, that. Ron? Uh, I wasn't in the boy scouts. I was in the cub scouts, but no. point is. If they had something a little more regimented that was mandatory for all youth to go to, I think the outcome would be much better for these boys when they become men because then they'll be real men. 
Hitler Youth was mandatory. And these kids were expected to learn camaraderie, be physically, you know, obviously be physically fit, and their academics was very, very important. And I forget which school district it is, but it's in one of the big cities, obviously a blue-run city, where they are lowering the standards for reading, writing, and arithmetic. I feel like that's in every school. So they're lowering the standards so they can still graduate even if they're not proficient in those things. And those are the those are your major things: reading, writing, writing, and arithmetic. Doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose of school and graduation? Okay, so there's a big argument. It's like, well, you can graduate. We're just going to lower the bar for you. You don't have to meet the standard. You just you can be under the standard and still get by. There's a big movement to get rid of schools altogether because they're fine. <laughs> well, no, check this out. We know that schools are mandatory, right? So, and we know how they pay for schools is through your exorbitant property tax, especially in the state of New Hampshire. Mm. And they're questioning whether or not these kids are actually getting a proper education. Now, I'm not... Definitely not. I'm not getting down on the teachers because I think the teachers are working very hard. Yeah. At, least, at least I know the ones in my school district are... The one that uh, the school district that I went through, my wife went through, my first wife went through, and little G is in now, right? Same school district, and and I know a lot of the teachers, and I know they're passionate about teaching their kids. Now, when I talk about these types of things, however, nationwide, there is, is on your side. There is a movement. There is a movement for kids to just be terrible, like, like learn. And have some form of homeschooling situation for the kids to learn the reading, the writing, the arithmetic. I just saw a bunch of TikTok videos from teachers because I was actively kind of looking into this. And one teacher was saying that she has been a teacher now for going on, I think, 15 years. And she has never seen a more detached student body than she has in the last couple of years, and even more so since the kids went back to school. Detached from what, though? Detached from, like... Learning? Not... Le- well, not or learning like in a sense. Be- but, well, be- being involved in school, like... Just... On their phones all the fucking time? Well, no, because they don't let the phones in the schools. But what the kids are telling the teachers are, we already know all this stuff. Mm. Why don't you teach us something different? And then you know, and you know that the t- yeah, well, kids. Okay, I mean, you can I, go on your phone nowadays at home and learn whatever the hell you want. I mean, everybody it. thinks that kids are dumb today. They're not. They're actually more advanced. No, it's anything like the technology and phones is like yeah. all information just at their fingertips. So it's like if they want to learn something, why are they going to sit in school and listen to some teacher like tell them when they can just go on to YouTube and watch a video on it? You can actually go on YouTube and get actual classes yeah you can go on and watch like uh like mit professors give a lecture on like astrophysics and shit like that oh yeah i've done that before for free yeah for free it's for free yeah and uh but i guess what she was uh alluding to was that the kids were just really bored in class they didn't want to interact in class and and we know that this is a problem with the kids 
with their lack of social skills. I mean, that's something that I think they really need to work on. Well, kids aren't meant to just sit. No one is really meant to just sit. And when they don't just sit, where do they get labeled? ADHD. Yeah, they get put on fucking Ritalin or whatever. Yeah, yeah they get put yeah. on drugs. I mean, that was a big... Pro- when I was in high school, that was a big problem for me, was just trying to sit still and, like, pay attention. And then it was just so god-awful boring. And all I really wanted to do was, like, you know, run around, dick around, all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, well, here's the other thing. Like, kids don't have recess anymore. Yeah, I, I know when I was a kid... You got to school, like, you had, like, a half hour, like, to play outside with all your friends before you even went into the school. Mm. And then you would go in, and then before lunch, or no, you had lunch, and you had a big recess after lunch. And, I mean, our school, we had a baseball field. We had a soccer field. We had massive jungle gym, like, kid killer. <laughs> And swing sets and all that. So you were able to get that energy out out of you. You know what I mean? Mm. You were able to expend that energy. And then when you when it's time to go back into the classroom, well, you're ready to, you know, settle in and learn what you needed to learn. You know, I think education needs a total revamp. Yeah. I, I like a total, total revamp. Because as we talked before. They're just trying to make all our kids gay now, Ron. Well, some school districts, that's not too far from the truth. They're just trying to turn them into LGBTQers. You know. And teach them critical race theory. There's a big push for schools. Instead of critical thinking. To take the parenting away from the parent. Like, well, that, like, yeah, and, this is all, well. and this is all part of the Rockefeller educational system along with the Prussian education system. Mm. Where they want to teach your kids. They don't want you to have input. And they don't want you to question the curriculum. There was a lady that got into trouble at a school board meeting because she asked about the curriculum and they didn't want to tell her. Now, that's just wrong. Like, you should be 100% aware of what your kids are learning in school. I think teachers, our schools should be obligated to give exact curriculum. Oh, God, that fucking word. Say it for me. Curriculum. Curriculum. <clears throat> Two, for every class to each parent. So they can go through the book and be like, okay, this is what we're learning then. This is what we're learning this month or for the next whatever. Because that way you can, if you want to be an involved parent, you can have all the material there. And like, they, I feel like in no way they can just teach your kid a bunch of stuff that you don't know what they're learning. Obviously, there will be parents that are less involved and some that are more involved. But still, I feel like that should be a, a, a requirement. So now, agree and disagree. Yes, because uh, our school district, I get emails. My wife gets them and I get them from the math teacher or from this teacher or whatever, letting us know for the week what the kids are going to be learning and to let us know that they are going to be expected to do their homework. Mm. So this is like the first year that little G's actually had homework. Mm. But what she does, she gets all the homework done at school. Smart. She's one of those. Yeah, oh, yeah. She doesn't study. The one home. that sits and actually does work and study. She home, gets her like stuff done because do. she doesn't want to be bothered to do it when she's home. See, and when I had study halls, it was bad because it was idle hands. So me and my friends would just do oh, like. We'd get in trouble all the oh, time. Yeah, I'd get, in so, I'd get in trouble. Like, because we would just give our, we'd give, we'd place, it was like a spin the, uh, spin the bottle, but we not where we would make out with each other. Yeah. Spin the bottle, and then whoever it lands on had to do, a, like, a challenge. 
Do you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, you have to like go like do something to this teacher or that study hall monitor. So it's just real stuff that was, you know, not really uh, productive in any ways, but it was a lot of fun and it would get us in trouble. Uh, one time, you know, I had to like, I had to sneak out of study hall in a trash can, just stuff like that. Or like I had to like stand on the, the table where the study hall monitor was, was sitting and ask her if I could use the bathroom while on the table that she was sitting at. Just stupid stuff like that. But fun, but dumb. I was never one of those kids that actually did work when they were supposed to. Did you have to... <laughs> were you on any type of meds uh, for your... Uh, just the retard pills. No, but seriously, was you on... Did they make you take meds for like ADD or anything Hell like that? Hell no. Oh, okay. I wasn't dumb. I just didn't like school and well, no, I, I was no. homeschooled so i was like uh, having add doesn't mean you're dumb it just means <laughs> that you have a lot of energy you need to expend and i'm not too sure if i agree with the whole add thing no. I, you know, it could be legit might that's not just be. idle hands yeah. like if you have kids are supposed to run around and do shit and like you know and you think about how just think about evolution like if everything they're telling us is true, it's like people are outside doing work. I mean, look at the fucking Mormons. They're outside doing, not the Mormons, the fucking, the other ones there. The ones that ride in the horse carriages. They're always working, right? They're always just doing shit, like, outside, and they don't really seem to have a lot of problems, do they? Oh, you mean Amish. Fuck. Yeah, if you were off your phone, Ron, and you were paying attention to the show and listening. This is actually show-related. Aye. Then I, you left me hanging there, but whatever. Uh, but what was I saying? Oh, yeah, like people like the Amish, for instance. They like they seem pretty, you know, don't have a shit ton of issues, but they live very, like, kind of bare bones, simplistic. Whereas, like, now you take kids out of environments that they're supposed to be in and you put them in, like, a fucking an office, a classroom-type environment where they have to follow policies and curriculums. Fuck. And... And can't move around, can't, can't, you know, be that creative. Because if you're learning math or reading a history book, how are you going to get any creativity? You know, they don't have any, uh, well, they have a good art program over here. But they don't have any of the, like, hands-on, I mean, you know, uh, what they used to call it, industrial arts. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think the schools are fucked. We all know that a, a, you have to, I think, more than ever be be focused on seeing what your children are learning and being involved because, you know, if you don't, they're probably going to come back and want to cut their dick off. Well, the biggest, the biggest question I have is like kids are evolving, right? They're, they're, they're a lot more clever than they ever used to be. And I think if that's the case, then kids need to, be in a school situation that is also evolving. Yeah. Now, now I, under well, I think they're evolving. I think the school systems are evolving. They're just not evolving in a way that's like, I guess really progressive in the sense that the human mind needs to be progressive. It's like, learn, learn weird shit. Like you need to be part of pride. You need to, Learn gender identity studies. You need to learn critical race theory. Like, why don't you teach them the fucking constitution? Why don't you teach, like, all that stuff? Why not, you know, 
put unrealistic ideals out of people's minds. Like they can't be a wolf in school. Do you know what I mean? Or they can't identify as a cat. Like why are we why are we creating schools to be systems that just develop children that are below standards of education and that doesn't push them above standards of education and cradles them into making them think that every single thing they're saying could be offensive. Do you know what I mean? Hmm. Like I know I'm not advocating for being bullied or like, you know, uh, like making a kid's life absolutely terrible in school. But there's things like, like, you know, if you're being really weird and some kid makes fun of you for it, you're probably going to look at yourself and be like, why am I being weird? Do you know what? Why am I doing this thing? Maybe, maybe I'll, I'll change a little bit, which is not necessarily a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's kind of like peer review sort of. Yeah. You know, uh, the thing is like kids, like when I was in school, of course I had a little bit more advanced training at home growing up. So, so therefore I had, you know, like major boredom in school. So I would get into trouble, you know, I had good grades though. But the whole thing is, it's like, if you took how kids acted then and put them in the school situation now, I think we'd all been on ADD meds. <laughs> Probably. You know? Well, I don't think, cause I know a girl, uh, sorry, a woman who she did some, um, uh, what is it? The teacher substitute teaching, uh, at my high school that we used to go to. And I was, I saw her one time and I was talking to her for a while about it. Like, Oh, what's it like now? And she said, like, there's none of that kind of jungle mentality of high school that like when we were in high school that goes on now, like none of it, no craziness, really. Everyone's kind of just like, really? <laughs> and they, I don't, this sounds weird because I don't think it's like necessarily a bad thing, but everyone's like really respectful and just kind of does what they need to do, which isn't a bad thing, I guess. But also it's kind of like, well, where's the, where's the fire Ron? Where's the craziness? Yeah. You know, uh, I think kids, this all goes back to the episodes or that phenomenon that we call the inside kids. And, and here's another reason why I think that the school systems need to evolve into something a little bit different than what we have now. First off, like our school, the budget is like, like crazy, like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Right. Yeah. And it goes up. There was one, there was one time that over a five year period, it increased by a million dollars every year for five years straight. So uh, I'm trying to remember what our actual school budget is. It's 40 million. I don't know. I don't know if it's that high, but it's, it's freaking high. And again, you know, our school district is pretty good. Our school district used to be looked down upon like big time. However, it, uh, it's just, uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, if you have other school districts in the rest of the country that are like, well, you don't really need to learn math. You don't need to learn how to write. You don't need to learn, you know, all this other stuff. And then let's bring IA into it. I mean, excuse me, AI into it. So now you have the robots. artificial technology where these kids, like, they're not looking up and doing reports. I'm not accusing them of, comply. of all doing that. But you can bet, like, in the later grades, like, you know, from sophomore, junior, senior year in high school, these kids are smart. Like, they're going to utilize that. Oh, I got to do a report on XYZ. Well, I'm busy, you know, gaming or hanging out with my friends or doing whatever. I'll just get chat uh, GTP to do it. I mean, excuse me, GPT. Yeah, write me a paper or to whatever. To do it. Yeah, to do it. Or do so, my math problems, yeah, right? Yeah. I know. I just think, I think schools are just, 
they're created they're they're making a blanket statement for all kids and making kids all the same or trying to make kids all the same when it's like i feel like learning nourishing uh intellectual growth often comes from the individual person where they're at and what they like adapt to or what what works best for them and kind of nourishing that versus like this whole blanket policy that schools often put out and teaches kids all to be the same i mean i feel like kids nowadays the at least the teenager i talk to it's like well where's the personality do you mm-hmm. know what i mean what's happening a personality like i feel like that's getting killed like you're just having these kids come out and they're all just going into the same systems of like all being exactly the same versus like nourishing the individual personality. Like where is that anymore? Is it anywhere? Well, I think what it is is they want they want homogenized kids. Yeah, they want them to all be the same. They want them all be the same. They want them all to be robotic. And this is right in tune with what I think the education system, and especially these teachers unions, they have this in my opinion, have this socialist agenda going on, like for sure. And Marxism. Yeah. So uh, what do you call it? Cultural, cultural Marxism. Marxism. So, and they want all these kids to be the same and they, and they want to get them through school, get them through more college where they go in debt to go to college. And now we're going to train you to do a specific job. And this is what you're going to do the rest of your life. When the job market is not even set up to do that anymore. See, I guess the point is, is well, kind of the point. Well, the point I'm making is, yeah, school is set up to get you prepared for life, but it's actually, <laughs> but it's, but, it, but a life of work. Oh, not that, a, that's not a joke that not a, not a life of being an individual, an artist, a writer, a musician, say for instance, or anything that's out of the realm of possibility where you can break out of that system and do your own thing. Mm. They want you to be part of the system where you learn how to be on time, learn how to take instruction, do what you're told, learn how to do what you're told, take orders. And you are rewarded at the end of the semester with a good grade. Mm. Which do which, they still do grades? Wh- yeah. Okay. With, while in your job, you're rewarded with maybe we're going to give you a, an extra, some more comp time, or we're going to give you an extra fifty cents. Yeah, an extra. Oh man, I got a fifty cent raise. Oh, that's mm. awesome. Yeah. When even if everybody right now got a five dollar an hour raise, it still wouldn't be enough to make up for to make up for inflation, right? So it's almost like they're preparing these kids to just be in this just barely sustainable life. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to mold them into being okay with living in these 15-minute cities, right? Right. They want them. They're already convincing everybody, you know, even as kids, oh, you want to live somewhere where you can just go here and go there and Look at the kids now, just like the with DoorDash. Just use that as an example. Grubhub, DoorDash. Kids don't want to like go out once a week with their folks to dinner. They don't want to learn how to cook. Little G pulled this on me last night. 
she's like, you know, we get home and she had had some snacks at Grand's, so she wasn't super hungry when we got home. So I said, we'll give it a while. Well, about 6.30, she comes out. I'm outside. Uncle Ron, what's for dinner? I said, I don't know. I hadn't really thought about it. She goes, can we do DoorDash? And I'm like, no. She goes, why not? I said, I'm not doing DoorDash. There's food in the house. (laughs) Why why would I want to pay for DoorDash when if we didn't have anything to eat in the house? And and earlier in the day, my wife cooked a big vat of uh, goulash, which, you know, I like and little G likes. Uh, She wasn't aware of this at the time. And to be honest, I wasn't aware of it either because <laughs> I hadn't even stepped foot in the house. I try not to go in the house very often. So she was trying to convince me to just do the DoorDash thing. And it's like, no, not doing it. But how many kids would do that themselves? Like older kids, like like they've got a few bucks. Yeah, they either get an allowance or they got this. And I know G's got a little bit of a stash. Like what would stop her from downloading the DoorDash app? It's just ordering food to come to the house. Right. Right? So, but I mean, point is, I think this is what they're, what they're priming kids for. Right, like the right. AI cities. Yeah, they're, they're priming them for and this. compliance. I think the schools, they're, they're trying to just create compliance. I mean, more than ever now, especially with the lockdown, because they want people to automatically, especially young people, to go along with that shit and not question it. Whereas, like, in my opinion, that's the exact opposite of what we need at this current time in the world and in the U.S. and everywhere, basically. It's like we need people to not comply to the things that are the bullshit that's being pushed through, like the COVID lockdowns or any of that stuff, or even just, like, going along with the ideologies that are being pushed out and the narratives that are being pushed out. They want people to automatically go along with that stuff. And I think a big part of that is obviously it's the young people it's like grooming them or programming them to be that way so when the next lockdown comes they're just going to be like okay yeah they're going to comply and not be like wait why am i doing this i think the big thing with schools they don't want the kids and no not only do they not want the parents questioning anything Oh, no. They definitely don't want the kids questioning anything. And, it, and I have a problem with that because it takes away the kids' individuality. So they don't have that. Like, like, like little G already has in her mind what she wants to do when she grows up. And that's why she puts all her emphasis on art. Mm. Right? She's got this big, like, thing. Oh, I'm going to work for DreamWorks or Pixar or, or something like that. And maybe by the time she graduates school, you know, we'll get her into an art school or something. And it might even be better options when that time comes, but it's her individuality and her creativity that I make sure that she gets to spend time on. You know what I mean? My wife, not so much because she has her own little Hitler way of doing things. When, when I'm wow. like, when I'm like, okay, she'll go, Where, where's Gianna? I said, she's up in her room. What is she doing in there? Why isn't she doing unchaws? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, Where is the whip? I'm like, she's drawing or she's writing or she's reading or such. Send her to the gas chamber. Just leave her alone. She did not empty the little box. I know when to I was the younger. Gas chamber. And and here's the other thing why I I've, I've got this big push where I want to get back into music and and you can see how that's happening. So to rebel against the man. No, when I was younger, I just like to hang out in my room, listen to music. And I had an old guitar that my buddy gave me. Actually, he gave me two guitars. 
and I would just noodle along on the guitar and just try to play songs off, you know, songs I liked and, and things like that. And I was always discouraged. My father would always discourage me from doing that. Oh, you're making too much noise or you're this and that. And it's like, I'm upstairs. How could you possibly hear me? I'm way upstairs. It was a big house. The door shut. How can you possibly hear that? How is that fucking bothering you? Damn hippie and your guitar. Well, you should you should be concentrating on your work. And I'm like, okay, I just went to school all day and worked my however many hours after school each day. How about a little me time? Mm. And then it seemed like every girlfriend I had, same fucking thing. You're spending more time with your guitars than you are with me. And it's like, well, I want to say, well, maybe I get more enjoyment out of that. <laughs> I had one girlfriend fucking kick the door down to the room where I had Woo. all my music, my music stuff in. Yeah. Because she was so pissed off. That you were playing your guitar? Yeah. Wow. And then I would have friends come over, and, and we had a drum set set up in there. And, we'd, and we would just jam, and we would actually play some pretty cool stuff. Ron, you need to be out, you know, bringing home the bacon for your high school girlfriends. <laughs> you know, providing for this them. This is actually after high school. Oh, well, and then, and even then, more. You should already have just, a nine-to-five established, have a house, a car. What are you, you shitting know? me? I work seven days a week as it was. Doesn't matter. Do more, Ron. Do more. So the point is, now at my age, I'm thinking I want to get back into it, and I'm just going to, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Ron, yes, you will. Because, no, I won't. <laughs> you you watch. I'm watching. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. I, yeah, I already, you're already, you know, getting guitars. You're watching more guitar videos, which is cool to see. Yeah. Maybe you'll inspire me. No, I'm me. serious about Maybe it. Maybe you'll inspire me to get back into it. I, I'm I'm 100% serious. Because I am a creative person. I was always artistic, and I know that that's what little G is doing. When she's in the mode, and she's drawing because she has this whole line of characters that she's inventing. Yeah. It's and cool. they're really cool. That's cool. And she's going to come up with the storylines for them, which I think is very cool and very, very creative, you know? She wants to be a writer. Yeah. Nice. Well, she wants to write, like, uh, graphic novels. And she wants comic, to do the, comic books. Yeah, she wants to do the artwork and she wants to do the stories. And that was the one thing that, you know, was really sad because her dad, my younger brother, what an amazing artist, like cartoonist. Really? Oh, my God. You should see the cartoons that he would send her uh, when he would mail from jail. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to see those cartoons. No, really good. Ooh. Well, you know what a lot, of, a lot of it was? It would be like a cartoon and it says... Why don't you ask your Uncle Ronnie if he's sitting on any bucks? And that and that was a little joke we used to have. Hey, you sitting on any bucks? And, and and that would mean give me fucking money. Can you put some money on my commissary for me? I need to buy Which some jello. I fucking I spent at least two hundred dollars a month on my brother when he was locked up. Damn, like minimum, and then like another hundred so he could call G. Oh shit! Yeah, he was costing me some money, but but it is what it is. But the fact is, he was an amazing artist. And I always told Gianna, I said, maybe what you could do to help your relationship with your dad, because she was kind of estranged from him at the time, was that you can write some stories and you can have your dad do the artwork and I'll put them together and we'll self-publish them. And you can, like, try to sell your books. Sell them. Yeah. Mm. I mean, she comes up with some pretty funky stories. Yeah, she made a really good uh, Hitler drawing at that party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually ended up throwing that out. What? Why? That was really good. What she she named it something. It's like Happy Little Dictators. I think is that like a toy or something? 
I don't know. It was pretty good. It was, uh, you know, well done. Anyway, so what about these Mexican space aliens, Ron? What do you think about these? Anything? The Mexican space aliens. Yeah, so I saw that. And what's really funny about it was that 10 years ago or 15 years ago, people would just be in awe of that. But a lot of these in, social in, media. In awe? Yeah, like they would be sucked right into like, that. Oh, my God. So the Mexican government comes out and they open up two mummified, like these boxes. Right. And they have these <laughs> mummified fucking aliens in them. Like, oh, my God, they look so real. And literally nobody gives a shit. Well, I saw some guy like breaking down in, on the video. He's like, just look at these videos. You can tell they're real. Look at the like the body structure and the bone structure. I'm like, those don't look real. Like they, you could easily make that with like paper mache, and like you're gonna just sit here and tell me that they're real. Well, that's what Andy from Deep Shea said. Oh, look at the paper mache. I, I know it's like what it's like. Oh, they're like eighteen. It's like they're eighteen hundred to seven year hundred years old. Between that, it's like how. First of all, how the fuck do you even know that you carbon dating? You have that exact science down for supposed aliens like what are we talking about here yeah how do you how do you know how old they are yeah what are you doing it's like they they're gonna put the first of all it's coming from mexico so don't trust any anything coming from mexico but but don't you think it looked like the head looked like et yeah it looked looked just like et it didn't look real to me at all like i'm not gonna believe it like i've said before until an alien is anally probing me i'm not gonna really believe they exist 100 percent. but also it's like Dude, it reminds me, like, what was up with this, the fucking, the Indian space, the moon landing? Did you see oh, that? Yeah. That, like, India landed on the dark side of the moon or some shit? Looked like they had a cartoon. It looked faker, it looked f- <clears throat> the, like the fakest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just absolutely ridiculous. And people are like, oh, did you see they landed on the moon? Now they're coming out with paper mache aliens from Mexico, and we're supposed to be like, okay. Yeah, that's why I, I said literally, that. literally nobody gives a shit. No as a matter, of, as a matter of fact, nobody gives a shit that this whole alien disclosure thing came out in the first place. Yeah, like nobody cares. It's just like what you said. Until I'm being anally probed by one myself, <laughs> <laughs> like verified, with people on the side filming it on their iPhones and right. another person taking notes. Right, I'm not going to believe it. Until an alien tells me to take them to their leader. I'm not like all this shit coming out on the interwebs and the social medias. It's just like, okay, cool. Okay, everybody, stand by. Stand by. All right, so I got an old friend of mine, Lisha. We're just going to call her Lisha. Lisha? Uh, Lisha, Lisha. Earlier in the show, we were talking about how we think the education system should be kind of revamped. That's a joke. I I feel. Well, no, I feel it should be revamped. (laughs) But but there was something... uh, on the local Facebook page that a lot of people were going back and forth about, and I wanted to get you on to talk about that to get a, just an idea of what was going on uh, about this new charter school that they're trying to start. And there's a lot of pushback. As a matter of fact, the town community page is not, page is not allowing these people to join the community page. Can you explain to us exactly what that is? Let's... Well, so I've, uh... I sat through a lot of uh, selectmen and planning board meetings. Um, The town didn't seem super 
happy about them coming in. But to be frank, they've been giving everybody a lot of pushback on all of their properties um, to develop. I've been talking with lots of business owners. It's not just the school, um, but there seem to be a lot of residents that are against it. Um, and so they've had a lot of negative feedback that isn't necessarily related to the education that the school provides. So I reached out um, to someone at the uh, Benjamin Franklin Academy to sort of get their take on it. And um, they had said that they had tried to address some of the questions that were coming up by joining the Loudon Facebook page. Um, the community page doesn't allow like groups and pages to join. You have to join as an individual. So I suggested that may be the issue. And she said that they continue to get denied. Um, I did reach out directly to one of the admins and it seems to be my experience in the past is if you kind of call them out on it, then they tend to do something about it because they don't want to seem like they're not transparent. Um, so he did offer that they had quite a few ads and that it was merely just, you know, they had missed it, hadn't had time, couldn't get through them um, and asked if I could come up with a name and they would add them. I'm not sure if that's been done yet, but I did also speak with the representative from the Academy and there is a couple pages, um, not the actual community page, but there's an uncensored Loudoun community page and a Chichester page. And, and lots of people are looking for information. So rather than restrict the information, I think they should be able to speak for themselves and address any of the con concerns and questions that people have. All right. So what is it about this Ben Franklin Academy? Uh, what is the whole, what is the whole idea behind it is, uh, I'm assuming it's a form of a charter school uh, that that kids would be paying tuition, I'm assuming, to go to. Do you know much about this academy, or is this just one school, or is this a chain? Do you know anything about that? Um, it's my understanding from their website that there are some other schools in other areas that have stemmed from this. Um, it is a charter school, so it's um, it's funded I believe at least some federal dollars. And that seems to be why there's a lot of um, some educators that are uh, concerned because of taking money away from the public schools. Um, the school basically is like focusing about getting back to basics, you know, at math, reading, writing, you know, learning cursive and learning how to like put like your education to use in like a real world situation scenario. sure yeah so it's they're starting out just like middle school uh, i believe it's six through eight and their goal is to expand into high school um there was a lot of pushback about that because you know the reasons given were the amount of traffic and students and um i found it interesting since even with their addition to high school they would still have less students than our elementary school right in town and the traffic situation there is an absolute nightmare and uh -huh. we're only at half capacity so it just seems like a just an excuse to push back uh is is it something that concerned for budgetary reasons where a portion of people's property tax would be going to pay for their kids to go to this ben franklin academy versus going to our local school district i don't think so because at this point um it's not affecting that it's it what they're afraid of is eventually that there's going to have to pull fund federal funding away from the public schools because there's such a demand for the charter schools and you know that probably should happen but once that happens you're gonna you're gonna have this huge budget 
the um, schools enrollment is already down last I checked 20 to 25 percent over the last couple of years. So it doesn't make sense. Basically your the cost to school, the children in the public school is going to cost more and more for less and less students. Mm. Is this like, so this is like a charter school that's going to basically replace public schools kind of over a long period of time. I don't think that'll ever happen because okay. they're just entirely different. I think that people want options and you get a smaller setting. So you have more control, if you will, over who's educating your students and the environment that they're in. Yeah. Uh, we all, we know that students learn in a, a smaller group, right? So Merrimack Valley School District isn't large when you look at like Concord School District, but either way, you still have classrooms, you know, with 30 kids in them. Mm. So this would give them uh, a much smaller classroom range. And I sort of get the impression that if they were able to expand to, you know, eventually maybe be like kindergarten through high school, they're going to be able to incorporate all of those ages into learning, which I believe would be beneficial. Yeah, Lish, what do you what do you what are your personal thoughts on uh you know and not necessarily our school district because I think our school district is actually okay. Uh but I mean I know you have two kids in school. I have a kid in school. Uh they're roughly all around the same age. Uh I know your son's a little older, which I saw him like a week or so ago. I couldn't believe that freaking kid was so big. But uh but but anyways, uh I, I feel that schools schools need to evolve. Like you say, enrollment. I didn't realize the enrollment was down that much. That's yeah, me neither. Huge. Yeah, that's that's huge. Uh, and yeah. I know that the average cost to educate one kid was approximately $10,000 a year, right? Or pretty close uh, to that. It's, it, yeah, it varies by school district, but I think we're up over 14 now. Wow. Um, a little interesting, I don't know where this broadcast, but specifically for Merrimack Valley, what I find interesting when you talk about are their taxpayers worried that their funds are going to get pulled and, and over to these charter schools? So in Loudoun specifically, I don't know the figures for the other towns, but um, we send over $990,000 every single month at, for 10 months to the school district for just our town's students. And over a period of time, we have uh, Andover who is tuitioned and somewhere along the line, Somebody made a boo-boo, and they've actually been charged less than we've been paying for our students, which I think the total was somewhere around $1.4 million, which breaks out to each town a little bit differently. But I want to say it was 194000 for Bosquin alone. Um, Loudon hasn't really shown a lot of interest in figuring out where that money went or how we get it back for our taxpayers. Mm-hmm. So I think it's apparent that our select board is not doing a real fantastic job at holding the school districts responsible, whether it be providing an education or making sure that our tax dollars are used wisely. Well, we know people want to see that where they go, you know, we know that's a big, that's a big thing in our town uh, with the amount of money that we spend at Merrimack Valley high school system. Right. So now did you say we're giving them almost a million dollars a month for 10 months? Yeah. Okay. So, and that was, that was like, Two years ago, I think when I got that, and you know our budget's up, and um, it doesn't ever go down. No, it always no. just goes up. No, well, I was explaining to listeners early that there was a five-year span where the uh, the school district budget was increased by approximately a million dollars a year for five years in a row. So, is it the yeah. total school budget about forty million? Was I off on that? Oh gosh, 
I could find the numbers, but I, at the top of my head, I don't have them. I have a lot of figures in there lately. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to misquote it, but it's gone up substantially every year. And unfortunately, COVID pumped a lot of money into our schools and we spent it really quick. But um, we sort of incorporated programs that aren't necessarily going away. So now we have to maintain that money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we can't go backwards, right? Because they're never going to yeah. accept less money. I mean, I mean, you, you take a school district is no different than a corporation or, or a, uh, 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 town, town or a city, right? The more money you give them, literally the more they're going to spend. It's never going to go down. It's not, it's just not possible. It's not going to happen. Right. So, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, you've been hearing about the impending possibility of more lockdowns. What do you think is going to happen? Do you think that they're going to lock the kids out of school again? Or do you think there would be enough people to sit sit back and just say, look, we're not doing this again. Either the kids are going to school or our property tax is not going to go to the school. Unfortunately, we need our select board to back our citizens up. And I don't think we have that sort of support. We've got one select board member that's, you know, he was wearing a mask well beyond everyone else. And they were canceling meetings for a long time. There was a group of us citizens that pushed back and said, hey, you have the capability to do these remote meetings, do them. Just don't not do them um, because they were just using it as an excuse not to meet. So I don't think we're going to get any help there. I think um, the town that we live in is super strong and they'll push back the hardest out of all of them in the district. I'm not sure that it will amount to anything, but I I guarantee you, you know, they saw a 20% drop in enrollment last time. And a lot of these charter schools have, jumped up because people saw such a great need after COVID and people are in a greater position now to just yank their kids. If that happens again, um, I yanked mine. I mean, we just, we just learned like real life stuff. The first, you know, that half a year that we canceled and then I homeschooled them the following year and I would do the same thing. Um, I think that you would see an immense drop in, in the population at the school and that might open some eyes, but, I think there's a good chance that we're at least looking at a, a, a mask mandate back in the schools. Hopefully not more than that, but it is slowly happening. Even though they have come out and said masks do nothing. Yeah. It's all, yeah. Well, that's just all about yeah. compliance. It has nothing to do yeah. with science yeah. or data. It's all about compliance, which what we were you- talking about earlier. I mean, that's what it is. They want the kids to basically just comply to whatever they're being told to do. Yeah. They want yeah, to, they want to enough. They have a new policy where phones are 100% not allowed anywhere except during, which I think is great for distraction purposes. Um, But I think that they were getting a lot of pushback because kids were recording some of the things that were going on in the classrooms. And I think that's why they went away. Yeah, Um, definitely. So now they can't even really like show you what's going on because everyone's been told that they can't record in class without permission but yeah, we were asked to sign permission slips to have our children recorded for students or remote purposes if necessary. Yeah. Right. So it's a little bit of a double standard there. Yeah. yeah. I, I can understand the kids not being allowed to have their phones for distraction purpose. I get that. But uh, how many videos do we see, you know, making the rounds on all the social medias of them actually filming these Marxist socialist pushing teachers uh, some of the things they're coming out with. And this is the only thing that we're able to use to prove our point 
where these yeah. school systems and these teachers unions are pushing a socialist agenda. I don't care what anybody says. And not only that, they're pushing the trans agenda, which is all part of the, the uh, social mar- Marxism. Yeah. Uh, and not saying that I, I think that's really going on in our school district, but do we really know for it sure? It started actually day one. Both my kids came home with examples of both. Mm-hmm. I had one student that uh, was given paperwork to fill out for what they wanted to go by for nicknames and such, and then was given a separate piece of paper of how they should be referred if they had to call home and there were things mom and dad didn't know. Really? So right off the bat, it, you were asking sneaky. the student to create some secrecy. Yes. Yeah, um, and I asked if she could, um, if she could have brought the form home and she was told that it had to be filled out before the end of class and turned in. Um, and then I had another one who immediately started in, um, talking very negatively about uh, former President Trump and, you know, basically made some really, really strong remarks right out of the gate to sort of let everyone know where they stood, which I felt was inappropriate. That's something that we see going on in schools all the time. Well, that stuff needs to be left out of schools, political stuff like that, gender identity, stuff like that has to all be left out. But the thing with the cameras too, like not allowing them in classrooms, like, there's teachers that physically abuse students uh-huh. and stuff like that. And like you, you've seen the videos, like we all have, it's like that stuff also needs to be seen, not just the, the LGBTQ cultural Marxism stuff, but the abuse as well. Um, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I have a solution for that. What? No. Why can't Stre- all stream? No. Why can't? Yeah. Stream each classroom. If not live stream, at least at the end of the day, why can't each classroom have a camera? And there it holds the kids accountable and it holds the teachers accountable, you know? Well, but- I've often asked why, like when we were doing some re- some remote um, days, you know, we were told that kids couldn't record and have their phones in classroom doing, you know, recording certain things for um, other students' protection and privacy, but yet they can live stream right into my house when my kids has to check in for a class. So it, like you said, it's just that double standard and it's, it's just when it suits them. Yeah. 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 That's real interesting. I think there's a lot of things that need to be worked out in a lot of school districts. Uh, really surprised to hear that enrollment is down that far. Do you think that this is a trend that's going to be continuing? And do you think the trend is going to be that kids are going to be welcoming more of these charter schools? Obviously, this charter school, this Ben Franklin Academy, is causing a little bit of an uproar in our school district. Uh, and that's why I really wanted to get you on like short notice. Uh, to talk about, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Uh, sure. what, what are your thoughts going forward and what do you see happening in the next five or 10 years? I think you're going to see charter schools everywhere. I think that right out of the gate, we had a few locally that, that had some legal issues. Um, and you know, when you're run, you're smaller and you've got, you know, a couple of people handling things, there's not as much oversight. I think that the state's trying to put some oversight on them for that reason, but they're popping up more and more. A lot of homeschooling. A lot of people are just doing some out of the box thinking, getting together with family and friends, and teaching what they know and and sharing, you know, between families what they have to offer. I think that's going to tend to increase, especially depending on if the schools and the school boards don't make some drastic changes over the next couple of years. I only have a few more years with mine, but I was really hoping that Benjamin Franklin would be considering high school. I think I would have seriously considered sending them. I know that both of my students or at least one of them would have 
pushed back pretty hard, um, just from a social aspect and having their friends. Um, but I, I could give you dozens and dozens of names who would actively get into these charter schools. If they, there were more, there's usually a waiting list for them. Um, because they are small and there are so many people linking to get into them. The other reason that enrollment is down in general is our birth rate is the lowest it's ever been. Mm-hmm. So um, you're not seeing kids coming into this elementary school. I don't know if you remember when the elementary school addition went on here in town. I don't remember what year it was, but they were over capacity. So we built and our capacity is 450 and we hover around 210 and we have for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we added all all of that space at at that expense, but we're not even using it. Not only that, but every town in our district has built a new elementary school. In our elementary, and now I don't mean just, I mean within the last 10 or 15 years, our elementary school is huge. Our yeah, elementary school in our town is bigger than our central school. Wow. I mean, it's as big as our central school. Yeah, I mean, I just think that like, the whole concept and idea of public education is just kind of weird to me in, in itself because I understand, I get it. Like you want your kids to be educated, but you're also giving your kids like over to somebody else to a government like funded program, which, you know, when the government, which is mandatory, which is, yeah, mandatory, which, you know, if the government's involved in anything, there's obviously going to be corruption and like a bunch of weird stuff happening. So I just think it's, you know, and if you think of, your, your child, you like want them to learn specific things or like be brought up in a certain way. And like just giving your kids over to the system, it's like you lose a lot of your ability to do that. And obviously the government being involved in everything they're pushing now just makes that even more difficult. I don't know. I've just always thought that that idea of the concept of public education was very strange. See, so just for disclosure, Buckley was homeschooled until it was high school time. Then he went to uh, Kersage, right? Middle school, but yeah. Yeah, middle school, yeah. All right, uh, Liz, thank you very much for jumping on. I just wanted to kind of, kind of yeah, clear that. Uh, I'd like to be able to have you come on again and talk a little bit more about school issues. Because uh, I, sure. I know that you're really tuned into that. And that's something that obviously, as to any taxpayer... Uh, that has kids in a school system that we should be paying attention to what the hell they're getting taught over there. Oh, yeah. So so with that, thank you so much for coming on, and we're going to talk to you real soon. Thanks, Ron. All right, take care. Bye. Yeah, so I thought that that was interesting. I just wanted to get her on. I know she's very active in our... she knows her shit. The school boy, she's super smart. Yeah, yeah she was very well Yeah, spoken. known her since she was a little kid. She was actually married to a very good friend of mine. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, just something uh, just came to my attention the other day that this Ben Franklin Academy wants to open up a charter school in our town. And our town is still part of the old boy system, the good old boy system. And unfortunately, <laughs> I think that needs to change because you've heard me talk about it on multiple occasions the property tax in this whole state, not just our town, but in this state is fucking obscene right. what we pay for property tax. I'm just and I, and I know it's more in other states, but these, you know, I mean, we're supposed to be tax-free in New Hampshire. Right. And we're not. We're not even close to being tax-free. Oh, no. We're tax-free for people from other states to come in and spend money. It's fucking tax-free for them. It's not just, tax-free for us. I just hope the uh, the charter schools... Or if this starts to become a thing that it's actually like affordable for parents, yeah, because it could be a good option. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, my question is: Is are you going to be able to get a break now? Remember, there was a thing going on uh, a tax break. Yeah, there was a tax break, but they called it something else, mm. where a portion of your property tax instead of going to the school district, 
that your kid is not going to would go to the school that your kid was going to. For the life of me, I can't remember. There was a term for that. I mean, I feel like if you're not going to be sending your kids to public education and you chose a charter school, there should probably be some sort of, and you're spending money on that. I feel like there should probably be some sort of break. But, of course, the government loves money, so they'll probably won't do that. Because <laughs> they just increase everything and just want more money and power and corruption. Yeah, you know, I, I just, you know, I've been in this town my whole life, and I've been through this school district from beginning to end. Mm. And, uh, and and I am an example of somebody that did okay. But, but, you know, I didn't go on to college. You know, you know, I'm doing my thing, you know, the same thing I've been doing you know, or, since before I even went to high school. Forever. so But not everybody not everybody has that opportunity, right? Not everybody has a business they just were born into and just continue with it, right? Which, t- to me, you know, I've said a million times, was not something that I really was into. But I'm good at it, and it's been okay to me. So, but uh, But I think something needs to be done with the school systems. I really do. But I see a lot of videos out there of these teachers, just like Lish said, uh, talking anti-Trump. You know, I don't care where you stand politically. That shit doesn't belong in the school. Right. Neither does BLM flags or Antifa flags or or pride flags or anything like that. All that stuff needs to be out of the school. If they're going to single a kid out like this kid that was uh, big in the social medias like a week or so ago, had the Gadsden flag on his backpack and some leftist teacher uh, try to get him kicked out of school because the don't she, tread on me flag. Yeah. The don't tread on me flag because it, it uh, showed racism, it, which just showed that she had no fucking idea what that flag stood for because that flag was for the American revolution, which gave her the right to be able to say what the fuck she wants to. And that backfired on her. Like she had to eat a little bit of crow because that kid was allowed to go back to school with his Gadsden flag patch on his thing. Like, so so I, th- I think teachers, uh, school districts, uh, the SAU, they need to be accountable. Yeah. Now, 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 I've got customers that teach over there, and I have little discussions with them. And, uh, and you know, I'm not hearing much. I was surprised that uh, she had mentioned that some things are going on in the school I wasn't aware of. Uh, I do kind of quiz little G once in a while about that stuff because she's pretty sharp on that stuff. Mm. You know, anything that's being pushed or whatever. I do but. think, though, the politics thing, it's a little tricky, though, because it's like a big part of life and obviously the whole government system. But I think if you're going to teach or talk about politics in a school setting, you have to do it as unbiased as possible, I guess. I don't know how you would do that, but it's like if you're going to present something about Trump, you also have to present something about the other candidate, Biden. Mm vice versa, or just learn about all candidates as a whole, if you're going to do that. You know, I'm not even sure if they actually teach kids uh, any civics anymore, you know, how, how government works, the, the branches of government and all that. Uh, they used to lump that into what they call social studies when I was a kid in school. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I think, uh, you know, my mom used to tell me when she was in high school in Albany, they had a civics class mm. where you had to know how the government operated in Nobody, nobody the, knows how the government. Okay, operates. so kids don't know anything about the Declaration of Independence. They don't know anything about the Constitution, and they don't teach the Constitution in the Bill of Rights because they don't want the kids to know what their rights are. But, now, an argument can be made that well, they're not adults; they don't have these rights until they're eighteen. I say it's bullshit. Like you're born on American soil, you have those rights the day you're born. Yeah, but even if you could take the biggest government nerd wizard, and they still wouldn't have half no half the shit how the government's running or what they're doing. That's yeah. just the nature of the beast. Yeah, it's just the whole child of school uh, 
uh, system is very interesting to me. I guarantee you that, like, probably what we're even taught about how the government runs in in and in itself isn't even close to how it actually runs or functions as a animal. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. there's just so too many variables, too much money, too much corruption, too much power, too much secrecy. Too many front guys, too many puppets, too many people now, behind the scenes pulling strings. Like, you're never going to know. You could know the executive branch is judicial. You could read anything you want, but you're never truly going to know. You know, the other thing, too, is is something that we need to do a deep dive on is, is more in the education system. Mm. Uh, we want to talk about the Prussian system. We want to talk about Horace Mann, who brought that to the United States with the help of the government. Mm. But I also would like to get into how these teacher unions... I hold school districts fucking hostage. Like, like it's not a joke. I mean, they hold school systems hostage and, and they're pushing a leftist Marxist agenda, socialism, the whole nine yards. And not only that, this is what these kids that are going to school to become teachers. This is what they're being taught at university. Yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, and I don't care. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, we know that this shit is happening. So, you know, it, it was a long-term play for them to bring socialists in. And right now, I think we are feeling, starting to get the beginning of feeling the results of their plan, you know, that they've been working on since probably the 60s, you know, 50s, 60s. Indoctrination stations, yeah. baby. Yeah, you know, I just, uh, you know, when I ever saw that that school was going to lower the you know, basically say, listen, you don't need to know math, arithmetic, or whatever. No, you just need to know yeah. how to uh, upload a TikTok video. Yeah. And follow social trends. Yeah. Okay, but here's something that kids know how monetize, to do that. Monetize, baby, monetize. But this is something that kids can do that I, I don't know how TikTok works. Yeah, well. You, you know what I'm saying? So so it's like, you know, these kids are fucking smart. So, you know, okay, so they're smart, but they're dumb at the same time. Well, because, what is because, smart and what is dumb? Well, because right? well, because I think they need to be in real world situations to learn things like common sense. Well, like don't do that. Don't stick your finger in there. You're going to cut it off. I mean, well, well, I never, a, I never did that before, so I didn't know what it was going to do. Well, it's pretty fucking obvious what it's going to do. Well, I think real world situations in reality are so subjective, and there's a lot of philosophy that goes behind all your beliefs of life. That what what is a real life situation? Isn't this a real life situation right now? Going to school is a real life situation. How the government's functioning is a real life situation. The lockdowns are a real life situation. So I don't really know. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, everybody here, we're coming up on September 15th. By the time you hear this show, it's probably going to be September 15th. And that was a date that everybody, again, throwing dates around. It's just like uh, they're bringing September 23rd back around. You know, that was a big date last year. That was a nothing burger. So, Uh, but you know, they're coming out and saying, you know, uh, like the governor of or the mayor of New York or Hochul or whatever she is, is coming out and saying, oh, it doesn't matter what you took for vaccines before. This new one's going to work. This new one's got well, the juice, you baby. You mean it's going to work better to kill people? Is that what you're trying to no, fucking tell No, it's going to work better at, with 5G, interfacing with 5G. I think it's going to be interesting to see what the next couple of weeks bring. Uh, I do know people are testing positive for COVID, no matter what you think about that. Uh, my sister-in-law was extremely sick for a week. She's better now, but she tested positive for COVID. A new like, strain. Like a week. Yeah, who knows what the fuck it is. Like, like it all comes down to, you know, was the earth flat? Did we really go to the moon? I don't know. 
We don't know if COVID's a real deal thing. Right. What do you? I, know? I think I think it's just a cold, and I think she got a really bad cold. <laughs> You know, knock on wood, I've been okay. I've been a little tired lately, though. Ron, what's something you know for sure? No doubt in your mind. I know for sure that if I go like this, my Bic light is going to work. Is that what you call your special tool underneath <laughs> your pants? I, you know what I know? All I know is that I know nothing. Anyways, give us your thoughts on the school system, guys. Uh, if you if you have any fucking funny things going on with your kids in school... Your, your, your school son districts. comes home and wants to identify as a dwarf from the seventh moon of nectar. Dude, we have the furries in our state. We did a whole show on it. Oh, the furries. They actually put litter boxes in the fucking bathrooms in uh, the school that Buckley went to high school in. Yeah, such a downfall. Crazy. Okay, we're going to revisit the education system at a later date. Let us know if you've got any funky stories you'd like us to look into. And stand Or by. anything. And let's just let's just see uh, what we can do. Uh, I'm going to look more into this Benjamin Franklin Academy, and we're going to be looking more into some charter schools. Now, something else I want to get into. <gasps> we're in New England. Ooh. And we're getting ready to batten down the hatches. For? Hurricane Lee. Ooh. When's headed, that coming? Headed our way. Supposed to be here this weekend. Oh, yeah. Was you supposed to finish up your poison ivy chopping job here this, uh, this weekend? Yeah, I think so. All right. Tell me tell me the story because you were messed up. Oh, my God. So I got into some poison ivy that I didn't I didn't know was there. And uh, first of all, this job was kind of brutal. It was like a six-hour job. I don't think I got it exactly how I wanted it, but it was a jungle. It was literally thick, overgrown, just everywhere. I had a weed whacker, a chainsaw, and I just purchased a steel sha- a steel brand I saw that. shafted hedge trimmer, which works really good on overgrowth. Um, and it was hot. It was real hot. Like, I was sweating through the pant leg in, on my shins. Like, that's how hot it was. And that never happens to me. But anyway, so I... Cut for six hours straight and just get it done. And by the time I leave, my cheeks are getting all puffy and like starting to swell up. And I'm like, oh God. And then I'm starting to feel itchy. So I shower and stuff like that. And then the next morning rolls around and I look like the guy from friggin' the Goonies. Like my eyes are all puffed out, my eyebrows, my eyelids, my face is all red. I was starting to get like uh, scaly, oily skin. And, like, breaking out everywhere. And I just, like, immediately went to the doctors. And they were just like, oh, my God, you have really extensive poison ivy everywhere. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> ah. So they shot me up with some prednisone, gave me some pills, and now I don't look like the guy from the Goonies anymore. So I did a meme for Buckley on Instagram. You saw in the scuba diver kit. Now, if we're going to get as much rain and wind as they say we're going to get with this hurricane that's coming, you're going to have to get that outfit and make it really happen. I will just say. Fuck poison ivy though. <laughs> Fuck that shit right in the whatever. Oh, my wife's got it real God, bad too. It's so so, it's so just I feel bad for miserable. you. I tell my wife, stop fucking going over there. Stop weed whacking. Get away from that shit. Yeah, it's bad. That's Buckley's job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, hey, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say for the next. If I even end up doing it this weekend, if it's not a hurricane, I'm gonna have to get like a suit, a full suit, and wear layers and like latex gloves. And why like couldn't face you get a mask? Why couldn't you get a Tyvek suit? I could probably. It'd or, be wicked hot though. Or coveralls. And or, don't forget, 
My lawn needs to be mowed soon, too. Oh, yeah, great. Okay. Nice. Hey, everybody, I just wanted to bring my buddy Chris Graves on. hey And uh, hold on one second. Let me hit the record. Chris, can you hear me? Yes. So, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, you, you sounded good. So I wanted to hijack my buddy Chris Graves. Uh, for those of you who probably don't recognize his name yet, him and I did the uh, Boston bombing show. Uh, and, uh, what was the other thing we talked about? Was it, uh, I think it, I think it was Columbine, Columbine, Columbine oh, and the Boston bombing. Uh, uh, I hijacked Chris just real quick. I know you got a show you got to do, uh, coming up here in a few minutes, right? Yeah. I had my, uh, my buddy actually lost a note. So that's why it took me a couple extra minutes to jump on right now. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's not a problem. I'm glad you could make it, but I just wanted to, uh, Kind of get you want to talk about real quick, uh, and we don't have to get in deep, but you know, we just finished Monday was nine eleven. Uh, yeah. you know, I kind of wanted to chat about nine eleven a little bit. I don't think there's a lot that we're going to talk about or that we could say that everybody doesn't already know. Yeah. I just, I just thought it would be interesting to have you come on and kind of get caught up with you, see what you've been up to. I know that sure. you were uh, sick off and on for a while there, but it looks like you're back at it. Yeah. Looking good, brother. Looking good. I'm trying. So, did, you, uh, did you have the new strain of COVID? No, I just have, uh, I have lovely things I was inherited. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't need okay. to get into it, but yeah. uh, Chris was Chris was pretty sick. I've been, was uh, trying to stay in contact with him, keep an eye on him. But uh, yeah. so, uh, you know, 9-11 just went by and it was a couple of things about it this year that kind of really ticked me off. And I kind of wanted your thoughts on that. Sure. So, Okay, so Biden doesn't even go to the nine eleven memorial. Ooh, he sends yeah. he sends Harris, who's acted like an idiot the whole time she was there. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Don't you think that's kind of disrespectful? And the fact, Chris, that he comes out and says that he was there the day after, and and actually the White House had to backtrack him. It come out because a lot of people called him out on that because like you weren't there, dude. And and they and they were saying the reason why he, they didn't want him to go to the memorial is because they didn't want him to go up there and tell everybody that Bo Biden, his son, actually died in the twin towers on nine eleven, because he's died in every other scenario that Biden's been involved in. So, so, uh, so, so, what are your thoughts on that? And do you have any more new insights on that? Yeah, Joe Biden. Actually, uh, the thing that pisses me off about Joe Biden and nine eleven in general is that. Uh, the, you know the guys from We Are Change, Lou. I think Luke. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name right now, but anyway, we we are Change. The, the the main guy, Luke, there actually confront confronted Biden in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, about his meeting with General Ahmoud Ahmed of the Pakistani ISI um, days before nine eleven. And this is the when I say gentleman. I put that in uh, air quotes. This uh, Pakistani ISI chief, uh, General Ahmoud Ahmed, was responsible for uh, okaying the wire transfer of $100,000 to lead hijacker Mohammed Atta. Mm. So what was Joe Biden doing in a meeting with the financier of the, the main hijacker? Um, and he, all he did was smirk at the camera, the, the, we are, the, uh, we are change guys. And he goes, I can't talk about it. It's classified big shitty and grin smirk. Okay. So I'd like to know more about that. 
personally. <laughs> so what you're saying, there was a wire transfer to this Pakistani person from... The Pakistani ISI, which is basically like Pakistan's CIA, CIA yeah. or, you know, Israel's Mossad, that kind of, they are all pretty much the same thing. And pretty much the CIA has been known to set up all these intelligence agencies across uh, the globe. Um, General Ahmoud Ahmed, before he stepped down after 9-11, he, he authorized the wire transfer of $100,000 to the account of Mohammed Atta, the lead hijacker on 9-11. And Joe Biden has never explained that. He's never gone into detail because he, he hides behind national security and it's classified. And Joe Biden was on a phone call with this Pakistani official days he prior had to He this. had a meeting with him, not even a phone call. It was an actual meeting in person in Washington. Oh, interesting. So that I'd like to know more about in terms of why is he uh, – why is he schmoozing it up with um, with a uh, known financier of the lead hijacker of the 9-11 attacks? And what's interesting about Muhammad Atta was that he wasn't Saudi Arabian, nor yeah. was he Iraqi. He was Egyptian. Yeah. Okay, so That's this right. is another thing that a lot of people are having a hard time wrapping their heads around, is yeah. why a couple of Egyptians and a bunch of Saudis allegedly... Like, if you even believe the plane theory, not saying I do, not saying I don't, because uh, Chris and I are going to be getting into some in-depth shows now that he's feeling better. We're going to bring our friend Kelsey in because first thing we're going to cover, we're going to cover Oklahoma City because, and this is why I love your work, Chris. You dig deep and you find things that nobody else is talking about. And I think that's going to bring a little bit of freshness to the Oklahoma City story and the 9-11 story. Now, I, I was telling Buckley earlier in the show, 9-11 videos up the ass on Monday. I get it. It's 9-11. Right. But I took some time. I watched a lot of these videos on all the social medias, you know, like three different social medias, and they were nothing new. Nothing coming to light. Nothing, Nothing to say Look, here's a little more evidence. Yet you come up with interesting things like this Pakistani guy who had a meeting in person with Biden in Washington, yep. in Washington days before 9-11. And now there is some uh, way of proving that this Pakistani official authorized a $100,000 wire transfer to the lead hijacker, Mohammed Atta, from the 9-11s, they, they actually stayed in Maine. They flew out of Logan Airport, our big airport, yeah. and he was Egyptian. So very interesting story to come to light. Uh, I want to get you back on real soon. We need to work on get, that, Chris. Can I, but can uh, I get, but can what, I else, couple, what else you got? Couple little, a couple little nuggets here for people to ponder. Sure. Um, if people want to look up something really weird, look up Flight 11 at a Logan Airport, Gates, 32 and 26 mm. officially flight 11 took off from both. And okay. There's actually memorial plaques at Logan for that. Okay. And I'm not talking about 175 either. I'm talking about just flight 11. So I understand. I have heard that before. Can you explain that a little bit to the listeners? Because this is a controversial thing that happened that nobody's talking about. Now was flight 11, one of the planes that actually hit the twin towers. 
officially that's supposed to be the one, the first plane, uh, the one that hit the North Tower at 8.46 a.m. Okay, so now what you're saying is this plane allegedly left from two different gates at the same time? Exactly, and I'd like to have that cleared up from, from my own peace of mind as well, but that's what it's been known to be, 32 and 26. Again, another thing that nobody questions, right? And, 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 and there's one other thing, dude. I'll tell you this right now about Flight 93. Officially, they did tests on the soil, and there was no jet fuel in the soil. I was Thousands gonna... of gallons that were supposed to be poured into the soil from that plane. Okay, so that's something I wanted to bring up. Flight 93, that's the one, the let's roll plane, I like to call it. Uh, Was it Todd Beamer? Was that his name, the gentleman that said? Todd Beamer, who worked for a company called Oracle, which was a known CIA front company. Larry Ellison, one of the most wealthy people on the planet, was his boss at Oracle. And Larry Ellison got the let's roll story uh, three days before Lisa Beamer, Todd Beamer's widow, even got it. And Larry Ellison was the one to put out that story uh, to all the other employees in the company. And eventually it got out. I'd like to know more about that. That's something people don't talk about either. Okay, so there's so many things that people aren't talking about. And it's just so... You know, like we say, the brainwashing is heavy duty on 9-11, right? So I I have no doubt in my mind that this was an orchestrated event, okay? They recently had uh, drills to prepare for this, right? And and all the other weird things like, like the gentleman who divested himself of the buildings, the gentleman that upped his insurance policy on, oh, Larry on, Silverstein. on building seven, which yeah. clearly was yeah. a controlled demolition. I mean, there's slow motion videos showing uh, explosions going off. This building could not have gone down better if it right. wasn't planned. Right now, explain to me how a building Self implodes, falls down in its own footprint like a controlled demolition because of a fire inside and possible vibrations from the other buildings come falling down. I mean, come on. Building seven housed some very important paperwork, correct, Chris? Yeah, a lot of the evidence for Enron and WorldCom and uh, a lot of the SEC investigations, a lot of that just went, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, and it was never, ever questioned, no. right? They, Enron had their fall guys, WorldCom, Bernie, they had his fall guy. Yeah. End of story. Not, okay, where's all this money, right? Right. So it kind of makes you wonder if WorldCom and Enron – we're just government fronts, ways, ways to, like, big Ponzi schemes to steal money. I mean, we don't know, right? But Well, Dick, Ch- Dick Cheney had his fingerprints all over a okay. bunch of that. Too. Yeah. So, and Dick Cheney, I think, is is was running the country, personally. I don't think George Bush really was in that much control. I think Dick Cheney was pulling the chains there. They kept Bush in the air, actually, because Carl Rove... Uh, Carl Rove and a bunch, and I think Scooter Libby, they made up a story, the Angel is Next story, where Air Force One was supposedly a uh, a target of a hijacked plane as well, and that kept uh, Bush up in the air. 
And uh, Dick Cheney was in the bunker uh, before the Pentagon even got a hit. Mm-hmm. So he really was running the show. Okay. Yeah. No, literally at the time. Right. So, yeah. so the, the whole questions about building seven to me, I am just flabbergasted that nobody's questioning that. And you I, I, well, I mean, people, people, ever people are questioning an article. Did you see that? What's that? Chris? The, New York, the New York post just put out an article acknowledging building seven like yesterday. Okay. I didn't, I was not aware of that. Finally. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, what's really interesting is that there was a post because, you know, all these posts have these fact checkers on them now, uh, at least on Instagram, not so much on uh, Twitter or X. But uh, the BBC reported this is how the story goes. The BBC actually reported that Building 7 had collapsed 20 minutes before the actual collapse. That's right. So that right there just shows that the media is involved with these yeah. intelligence agencies pushing the narrative, pushing the story out to the public, and even though you can clearly see that Building 7 is still standing while they're doing this report, and nobody's questioning that. Okay, and just, then the just feed that alone. Starts to, the feed starts to break five minutes before it actually will go down behind her, and they lose her in the studio conveniently. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's another anomaly. Now, Now, here's two more let's talk about. You talk about Flight 93, and this is the plane that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Now, was there or was there not actual plane debris at that crash site? It looks like a, uh, it literally looks like a bunker buster hole in the ground uh, filled with garbage. Uh, But they did make, I played some clips on a special 9-11 show over the weekend where Fox News made the claims that there was a second debris field eight eight to ten miles away at Indian Lake. So that begs the question about a shootdown, a probable shootdown, actually. All right, so we do know that there was a shootdown order issued, right, for these planes if they were going to get too close. Now, if you look at the flight trajectory of Flight 93, how it circled around, it was headed right for Washington, D.C., well, that's the claim. I mean, uh, it changes a bunch. I mean, there was a second plane headed towards the Pentagon that people don't talk about anymore either. And a possible plane that flew over the Pentagon uh, that was shadowing Flight 77. That okay. doesn't get talked about either. Yeah, so the whole thing about Shanksville is I, I never I never was on board that that was the actual flight, personally. Yeah. Uh, I, I think if it was... Flight 93 may have been blown out of the sky, and yeah. that would have caused more than one debris field, more so than just a plane just randomly crashing in a field, right? I mean, if exactly. a plane crashes into a field, you're going to have a debris field, but there's going to yeah. be plane parts, there's going to be seats, there's going to be luggage, there's going to be bodies. Well, over Indian Lake, the uh, the second debris field that was eight mile, eight to ten miles away, um, there was human remains and debris found. Um, that's the real crash site. If it actually crashed, I think it was probably shot out of the sky. Okay. That's what that tells me. All right. So you think that there was an actual plane as far as flight 93 goes? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what to, to, I don't know. I wasn't there. So I know it's, it's kind of like me not, kind of me being on the fence or whatever, but I feel like something was shot out of the sky because there were a lot of witnesses that were on TV that day, actually, and on the radio that said they saw a white 
fighter-like jet um, trailing this, whatever this passenger plane, apparently, that was upside down. I don't know about the upside down part, but there was another plane there that, and people said that their electricity got taken out momentarily, too, which would point to a missile engagement kind of thing too because a couple of a couple of witnesses actually were in vietnam and described they heard a high-pitched squeal and then they lost their electricity and stuff on the ground so they were explaining that to uh investigators too that it was most likely they were hearing the uh, radar be, uh, jamming or or whatever however that process is and that would cause some type of emp yeah, something like that, where there would be a disruption of the uh, of the power on the ground, like at in homes and stuff in the area. Yeah. And apparently, a lot of homes they experienced this uh, weird electrical occurrence. So, yeah, you know, uh, very interesting about the second debris field. I think that's something that uh, that we're going to have to dig into a little bit deeper. Oh, I would yeah. like like to do that now. Second question on whether there was a plane or not, and you know where I'm going with this. What are your thoughts on the Pentagon? Because you see that one famous video that's going around. It shows this one vehicle that's going through security gates. And then you can see a white flash at ground level flying at ground level, not coming down on a trajectory from the sky on a 45 degree or angle or whatever. Yeah. You see this massive explosion yet no plane pots recovered at the scene something else that cannot be easily explained away yeah the only thing i gotta say to that and uh, my detractors you know don't really have uh you know a good rebuttal to it release the 83 uh videos that are known and uh that the fbi confiscated because there's been FOIA requests since 2005 for all 83 of them they show something but it's under national security. Well, here's we're one. Not, of, here's, we're not allowed to see it. Here's one of the other arguments, Chris, and, and people have said this right along. You're in one of the most secure buildings in the world, the Pentagon. And you mean yes. to tell me there's only one camera working? And they probably didn't know that that camera was there because they would have confiscated that as well. So you're saying there was 80-something other cameras that were working that have footage of this crash Yes. The footage was deemed classified, and at this point, yep. no FOIA requests are being granted, of course, because of national security. And yep. and what is the national security? You're trying to secure yourself from yourself. <laughs> right, because, right. because if, okay, just say, take the plane out of the equation. If it was a missile, whose fucking missile was it? Is this, yeah, what, they're cla- is this what they're claiming for... Uh, is this what they're claiming for being classified and for national security? Because if this missile wasn't ours, meaning if we didn't do it ourselves, right. who who did it? And who would have had the capability, what nation state would have been able to have the capability to shoot a cruise missile or whatever type of missile at yeah. our Pentagon, one of the most secure buildings in the world, right? Yep. Without being detected coming in, without being stopped coming in, who would have been able to do that other than the United States military? Yeah. And on the white, on top of the White House and the Pentagon, there's anti-aircraft uh, batteries that would shoot an aircraft out of the sky way before it would get anywhere near both the White House or the Pentagon. Yeah, and, and, this, and this type of technology would also be able to take out a cruise missile, wouldn't it? 
You would think, yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, just, just, uh, you know, something. It just it mind boggles me that there's so many questions here. There's yeah. a ton of movies out there uh, where they've interviewed architects that have looked into it. Uh, a lot of people aren't talking about the, about too. yeah. Well, that's what I meant, engineers. And there's a lot of uh, footage and a lot of information about these Jewish artist students that were yeah, at nine eleven. Is, yeah, that was in the North Tower. That was uh, the gelatin project, the uh, the B thing, I think. Uh, the New York Times had BB-18, BB-18 uh, yes. explosive charge triggers. They took, oh, they, took a win- they took a window out of the, one of the top floors and they put like a uh, they put like a little a piece of plywood or something that you could uh, kind of stand out there and then they hired a helicopter to come and take photos of it and they actually put this in the New York Times about two weeks before 9-11 I, I believe or earlier in 2001 I mean I think they talked about it again two, two weeks even before 9-11 but I think it was ongoing throughout the year 2000 2001 so yeah, yeah. You, you know I mean I mean just that and, and, the, and the other things uh, that kind of just were brought to light earlier uh, earlier today, I came across some things that a lot of people are suffering from a type of cancer that's brought on from a nuclear detonation. Have you are you familiar with this story that that they think there might have been a small nuclear device used to blow up the towers? Some people have uh, proposed the mini nukes in the basement thing. Uh, it's very well possible. I mean, there's nanothermite people talk about. Um, super theramite, which would be painted on. Then you got Dr. Judy Wood talks about the dustification of the cars that were seen, like melted and dustified, basically. There's w- weird anomalies, like it, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, yeah, there was also something, too. I think multiple things were utilized because these towers, like Kennedy and Dealey Plaza, was not a lot, was not going to be allowed to leave uh, Texas alive. I think. Now on 9-11, those towers are not going to be allowed to stay standing, so they utilize various methods in case as a failsafe, just in case. So there, there was also a uh, where they the twin towers had scheduled like some sort of security check the day before, or some I don't know if it was they like, had power downs the weekend before, yeah, and right. they were up upgrading there was like the some, elevators, uh, right? And the, yeah, right, and there was like some connection to like some Israeli company or something that went in and like did stuff in the in the building, which is really kind of questionable. Mm. If you think, about well, it. there's also the instant messenger service Odigo that put out a warning to all of their uh, their clients to get out the building as well. I mean that. I mean that kind of morphed into three thousand Jewish people didn't show up because they got phone calls, kind of thing. Kind oh. of morphed into that, but that instant messenger thing was a real thing that the FBI was investigating, and it was based out of Israel. So yeah, and you said it was go. called. You said it was called Odio, Odigo, O D I G O, basically. Yeah. All right. So, so you're talking about in. an instant messaging service that they could have yeah. had a direct line to their personal employees. That were in the building warning them. And all, a bunch of the no, nobody else. Told the, nobody a else. Bunch of the, the same employees actually told the FBI about these warnings and showed them. So, and you said the people, that people got that, the, the people that got the warnings were all Jewish, you said? Well, it was, it was 
uh, an Israeli instant messenger service. So oh, okay. uh, for the most part, they they tended to be Jewish. Um, huh. Yeah, so I don't know what to make of it. I mean, you got the dancing Israelis. I mean, I think there was the CIA. You got the Pakistani ISI. Saudi Arabia is kind of the smokescreen for me. It's kind of like what Cuba was to JFK. Mm. Kind of just... Uh, Kind of t- takes people's uh, attention away from the other uh, participants, in my opinion. All right, Chris, why was not uh, why was Saudi Arabia not called to question on this whole deal when a majority of the nine eleven hijackers were Saudi Arabian? Well, that's a good that's a good question. I, I don't really have a good answer for that, except for uh, I well, if you look at the history of Saudi Arabia, we're we're in charge of uh, putting their rulers in into power like a lot of these other countries over the years you know like with iran and you know saddam you know all you know some people even think there's some evidence that we some you know major players in the american government and uh even prescott bush uh george w's grandfather has something to do with propping hitler up in this during the third reich so I don't. I don't know why they picked uh, Saudi Arabia to be the the fall guy, so to speak, with the whole operation. But I don't think they really had much to do with it, to be honest with you. Especially now that people are, they want those uh, redacted pages out of the nine eleven commission report. I think it's a smokescreen that just keeps people from asking, you know, looking into other things and asking, you know, questions that are more relevant than uh, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, you know, there's going to be questions, Chris, that as far as I'm concerned are probably never going to be answered, not in our lifetime. I, I, I mean, maybe you know. maybe 100 years from now when everybody that's involved is dead and gone and some of their heirs are dead and gone, maybe something's going to come out. I mean, look, yeah. at President Kennedy was assassinated a month before I was born. He was assassinated in November of 1963. Yeah. And they're just barely coming out with information. Now, Trump was going to release a lot of the JFK papers, but then backtracked when they, convinced the him, when they convinced him that yeah. this was going to be really, really bad for national, well, what again, what they're calling, right? <laughs> right. National security yeah. because they don't want the citizens of the United States to realize, I mean, others other than us that are probably kind of already onto it, they don't want the citizens, the normies, and the NPC citizens to know yeah. this is what your fucking government is doing to you. You know what Biden's excuse was what? for not releasing it? COVID. Yeah. I say that with a straight face. He said COVID is the reason why we're not going to release that right now. Yeah. Well, it makes so sense. So you just pass the buck on to him. And I, I actually got to go, guys. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. No, Chris, I know you got to do a show. Listen. Chris Graves uh, from Digging Chris Graves and multiple other shows. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? Uh, basically on uh, on Rumble and on Twitter. Uh, Twitter, I'm at uh, C Graves Mask Guy. I know that's a mouthful, but uh, I, I do the new new prisoners TMP uh, live stream every Friday. Um, my friend Six, who's a 
a part of the TMP network. He puts all my shows on his, his platforms. So you just look for digging Chris Graves and I got a conspiring with Mr. Cooper. I got a whole bunch of different shows, but you got a, you got a lot going on and I'm looking forward to getting together with you and Kelsey really quick. Definitely, definitely. You know, uh, like in the next couple of weeks, if we could pull that off, yeah. that would be awesome. We're going to get into Oklahoma City, Ooh, and then yeah. we're going to morph that into 9-11. Chris Graves from Digging Chris Graves, thank you so much for joining us on the Wicked Planet, and I'm going to talk to you real soon. Okay, thanks, man. Right. I appreciate yeah. it. Have a yeah. good night, guys. Yeah, good night, so buddy. Take it easy. Well, that was good. Yeah, you know, I really like to have Chris on. He is freaking, this dude digs. He knows some stuff. He does. Like, when we did our Columbine show together, oh, my God, this guy had a stack of, like, 50 papers of just his personal research on just Columbine. Uh, So if any of you people haven't uh, listened to that episode, go back and check that out. It's called uh, Columbine to Boston with Chris Graves. Check it out. It was a really good show. That was a good refresher on 9/11. I haven't really looked into 9/11 in a bit, so yeah. Good. Well, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to overshadow everything and just talk about 9/11 tonight. I had this fucking education thing on the brain, like for the last few days. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because education is something I'm passionate about. Because I feel kids need a leg up on the rest of the world. When you see how bad our students perform against other nations, China, it's like. United States has no reason to not be number one in the world for education. The Asians. And there's so much money pumped into this education system. And it's just it's just like everything else that our government gets involved in. It's a black hole. It's a fucking black hole. One hundred percent Buckley. You can just keep dropping money in that fucker and nothing's coming of it. And it doesn't get better, it gets worse. It doesn't get better, yeah. So there you go. Money doesn't make things better. Yeah, well, no, it doesn't. It just <laughs> it, it, money makes things more corrupt is what it does. Right, yeah. So uh but anyways, yeah. So I just wanted to have Chris Graves jump on real quick. He was actually stuck in Providence traffic when I talked to him. And I said, I can feel for you because I know all about Providence traffic. If When I used to have to go to Providence for certain reasons, you had to hit it just right. It's not as bad as Boston because getting into Boston, it takes you an hour to get to Boston and another hour to get into Boston. So, uh, so yeah, it's really bad. Providence is fucking no better. And Providence is only about 45 minutes from Boston as the highway goes. Yeah. But anyways, but he, uh, he was scheduled to do a show. Uh, and he uh, stayed over about 20 minutes with us. So uh, I want to thank Chris Graves for taking the time to join us and give you a little preview of what we have been working on together coming up for more shows in the future that we hope you will enjoy. Yeah. Wow. So, so Buckley, did you have anything else you would like to add? Because I don't have a problem wrapping up a little early tonight. Not really. Nothing. I'm a little tired out of it. Poison yeah. I beat up. You know, I've been really tired it's been too. A rough week. Like I've been tired this week too, and I had actually told you that earlier. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow we're supposed to. It's been raining. Uh, shout out to our buddy Andy from the Deep Share who What's got up, Andy who got flooded Sexy out animal. once again. Ooh. His studio got destroyed. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I just checked in with him today, and he said, "Dude, it just sucks." <laughs> yeah, it sucks. So, like all his equipment and shit. I guess. Well, I think he took precautions, but he said that uh, he had put sandbags outside his cellar door and it, and it held off the water for about an hour. And that was it. It was just there was an evacuation order in Lemonster. Oh, like where his sister lives, which is not too far from him. She got evacuated. So so it was bad. They got 11 inches of rain. I want to say in a matter of just a few hours. 
And we were supposed to get more rain today. We dodged that bullet, but we do have Hurricane Lee coming in. Oh, boy. And that's been making the rounds on social media because you got Hurricane Blue, paint them blue. You got uh, Hurricane Lee, and then you have this other tropical depression that's out in the Atlantic that's feeding into it. It is supposed to be a massive storm. A big fuck fest. Everything indicates right now, as of about an hour ago, that it's going to come right up. It's going to. Clip Long Island, it's going to hit Massachusetts, the Cape, parts of New Hampshire, and it's going to almost make direct landfall into the Gulf of Maine, which would be Portland South, like Portland, Old Orchard, that area, Saco. So, uh, and I mean, we're not that far from there. I mean, I could be to like Portland a little over an hour from here. So, and this hurricane is absolutely huge. So tomorrow, we're going to spend some time prepping. We're going to have to break down the whole redneck oasis at the house. We're going to take all the easy ups down. We're going to cover the pool. we got anything that could anything that could fly. Chain the grills down. I'm going to put the grills in the trailer. Yeah, no, dude, it's going to look like freaking like a like abandonment when I'm done. A deserted town. And which only makes me say, Buckley, you're probably going to be real busy doing hurricane cleanup next week. Oh, great. Well, at least I'll get to run a chainsaw, probably. Yeah, and that would be really cool. And in some time, I want you to come to the house. Do some chainsawing? No, bring your new uh, hedge trimmer. I saw that. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Cut some shit? Yeah. Yeah, and bring your chainsaw. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do going up into winter. But I know I know you've been... a 12-pack of Trulies. Well, we can do that easy enough. <laughs> and uh, and I know you've been super, super busy. You got a lot going on. And uh, Poison Ivy kicked your ass. Oh, yeah, done fucked me up real good. Did you like the meme I made for you? I did. I laughed. I thought it was funny. It got a lot of laughs on Instagram. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, this is the only way you're going to keep from getting poison ivy. Right, yeah, probably. It took me about a half hour to make that. Damn. Yeah. That's a lot of time. Well, because I was in between working and stuff. Oh, right. But I'm getting pretty good with the- stuff you're supposed to be doing instead of making memes of me. I just, it had to be done. Uh, I'm getting pretty good Aye. with Canva. I've got a lot to learn, but I'm getting okay with Canva. Good. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, everybody, uh, kind of a different episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, send us any feedback. If you got any nine 11, like insights, send those to uh, or Oklahoma city, because we are going to be digging really deep into that as well as digging deep into the education system, bringing it all the way back to that fucking dickhead JD Rockefeller. So, you know where to find me, Instagram, Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet Podcast. You can find Mr. Buckley at Tristan.a.buckley, also on Instagram. You can find Ron from NE on X. Come and check it out. And again, come and join the Telegram chat, the Wicked Planet Podcast chat on Telegram. It's free. Hit the join button. You're all good to go. And if you got anything you want to email us, please email the Wicked Planet Podcast at gmail.com. And Little shout out to one of our listeners, Chris Trope. Oh, Chris Trope, you sexy animal. Thank you so much for the donation. He sent me he sent a little donation to the show. Thank you very much, Chris. I know that you're a longtime listener. I'm going to And he also sent Buckley a little something. He sent me ten dollars and sixty nine cents. Boom. So I'm gonna use that ten dollars and sixty nine cents to buy some nice fishnet stockings. Put them on my feet and load up some new picks to my OnlyFans. So like and subscribe, baby. Sounds good. All right, everybody. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed the show. Until next week, Ron from New England, signing off. Buckley 
<laughs> Out. <laughs>